0: can i like just
1: you, point out this yeah. is the second ving ring gimp movie
0: it's <laughs> too weird i'm sorry it made me laugh so hard and i'm trying not to laugh on the thing but i am dying over here yeah it, it, it comes as soon up. as she says the gip thing's going to come up later i was mm-hmm. like it okay thanks great yeah just and spoilers guys it is spoilers. the second gip anyway yeah, no, yeah it no it is
1: it's true yeah. horror movie survival guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gorehounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college in which we meticulously kept track of
0: every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store in our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as As the the final final girl.
1: Girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook breaking each movie down one by one, peeking out over all the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating the path to to survival. survival. Rolling. Rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> I'm glad that got a laugh. Blues Brothers. Hello. Hi, guys. This is episode 34 of Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Marion. I'm Julia. Uh, this is uh, the first podcast from the Indie Popcorn. We are recording at the circus.
0: And today, uh, we are going to be discussing 1991's People Under the Stairs, written and directed by one Wes Craven. The, ta-
1: uh, the title of this episode is Run, Fool. Run, Fool. So this movie was made for $6 million. Okay. It made $24 million. Did it really? Yes, it did. I didn't know that. It did really well. How
0: come they didn't try and do like nine of these then? I don't know.
1: Wes Craven's just like, no, thank you. Maybe. Not that that stopped anybody else before from like taking his movies and yeah. running. That's interesting. I don't know. Huh. Uh, so the tagline uh, In every neighborhood, there is one house that adults whisper about and children cross the street to avoid. Now, Wes Craven, creator of Nightmare on Elm Street, takes you inside.
0: I mean, the rest of his life. Wes Craven, creator of Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh-huh. For the rest of his life. That's so funny.
1: Uh, Um, So this film, uh, like Nightmare on Elm Street, was mm -hmm. also based on a real incident Mm -hmm. in which uh, people broke into somebody's house and uh, they escaped. But when the police arrived, they found a bunch of children who had been locked up their entire lives.
0: And Wes Craven's like, wait a minute. I I know, his favorite thing is to read about terrible things in newspapers and be like, I can make a picture about that. And he does. (laughs) He does, yeah. No, he does. Um, Yeah, and that's basically the premise of this movie. So uh, in the opening movie, at the opening of this movie, which I really enjoy because it's, Uh, a tarot card reading done uh, for Fool, uh, a.k.a. Poindexter, is his his real name, on his his his, 13th 13th birthday, birthday. Um, and he's having a tarot card reading done by... Is it his mother or a neighbor? I can't remember. His sister. His sister, that's right. Um, But the tarot card reading and her telling him what the cards say and him responding is all done in voiceover. Mm-hmm. So you just see these cards being kind of shared back and forth. But I like that sort of the introduction of Fool and kind of the intimacy that he has with his Ruby family. Yeah, his and sister. Yeah, Ruby and like his mother who's very ill and their whole circumstance like you can tell kind of how I don't know what a nice little family they are just mm-hmm. from like the warmth of their voices like without seeing anything. I
1: really enjoy that. But then, you, but then it's revealed that uh, Ruby is a prostitute. And uh, Leroy, her pimp, is uh, coming over playing by Vig Rames. Played
0: by Vig Rames, yeah. Really playing it. Yeah, he really is. Uh, I also just like that Vig Rames is always just like effortlessly cool. Like he can never just not be cool. Yeah. Like Bing Rames is like a big dork, like never gonna happen. Like no, he's just. <laughs> but there's
1: always slightly that feeling of like he might punch you in the face at any second, and you have to kind of be on guard with him. Yeah, like
0: you can never fully trust Bing
1: Rames. Mm-hmm. No, I enjoy He's always that. got something. He's like, he's like out for number one. Yes. Doesn't really care about you. Uh huh. Yeah. At any second, I can
0: turn. Um. So he basically kind of tells
1: fool the lay of the
0: land. Like, look, this is, you're 13 now. Like, this is the deal, you know? He alludes to his sister being a prostitute and basically says, like, you guys are gonna get kicked out of your house because the guy, people that own this property They've just, you know, you guys are back uh you're back on your rent and if you don't pay three times as much as your rent, you get evicted. And like, do you have that money? You know,
1: um, no he doesn't. And um, his mother's now dying of cancer. Right. And like And you can't pay for the operation. Yeah, and um, so you're gonna let your mom die. So why don't you help me rob mm-hmm. this house?
0: Yes. And so I like that it's sort of like the impetus to begin this movie is poverty. (laughs) Like basically like how, you know, like fool's not a bad kid. No one's kind of necessarily like done anything to him. It's just like, you know, he's really poor and they have like a bad financial situation going on and like they're good people, but everyone's kind of in desperate circumstance. And so that's why they're going to go to this house where these people have all these coins that um, have a lot of value and like look just a few of those coins would just set all of this right like no problem um, so Ving Rhames and his friend take a 13 year old <laughs> to go case the joint <laughs> mm,
1: it's, it's, a, it's tenuous it's yeah. tenuous I don't, I don't know if those tough of guys would bring mm-hmm. a 13 year old boy to do it I understand They're <laughs> like oh he'll get in the house easier
0: yes set it. because they want they want to know what the security system is so they dress fool up as like a boy scout and then have him go up to the house and like knock on the side of the door and be like hey ma'am uh, are you interested in this no okay can I use your bathroom? Um, unfortunately, who opens the door um, is uh, Ed and Nadine from Twin Peaks. Yes. <laughs> they have real names. Um, Wendy Robbie, Yes. Roby? Okay. Uh, um, and uh, Everett and McGill, excuse me, um, are, they don't really have names in this movie, right? Uh, it's just mommy man and daddy. They call each other mommy and daddy, but like they're just kind of referred to it, which is just so creepy. Um, but they refer to each other as like, or in the movie as man and woman. Right. Um, and she is dressed like some kind of like 50s housewife from hell like she is that kind of crazy like whatever happened to baby jane makeup
1: yeah. <laughs> and are like wow i love that the first time you see everett mcgill's character who we who we learn is the landlord who is yes. you know the evil landlord of the property is, the is we're white guys bringing the the, mm-hmm. the building down mm-hmm. um he's just you see him with his mouth just stuffed full of food yeah that's like your introduction to him that's really yeah crazy.
0: which is like excess i have everything you have nothing and yeah uh, so the thing about this
1: this film so uh you know, Wes Craven saw Twin Peaks, saw Ed and Nadine, and were like, these guys are great. I mm-hmm. want these guys in my movie. But having seen them as Ed and Nadine first, like, mm-hmm. Nadine's already kind of crazy. You're like, but, you know, Big Ed is such a, a sweet, yes, lovable character to try to buy him as this, like, evil gimp sure i mean the gimp thing will come up later but I, I think but it's kind of like he's a sort of a strange looking duck though you know what i Can mean i like just point out this yeah. is the second ving ring gimp movie
0: it's uh-huh. too weird i'm sorry <laughs> it made me laugh so hard and i'm trying not to laugh
1: on the thing but i am dying over here yeah it, it comes as soon up. as she says the gimp thing is going to come up later i was mm-hmm. like it okay thanks great yeah and spoilers guys it is spoilers. the second gimp anyway yeah, no yeah it is.
0: it's true yeah. How would um, you so you're saying you don't understand why he would necessarily think of the them for these bizarro roles because he is big Ed as sort of a kind of a
1: normal. I just have a hard time buying him as scary. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, he's a big imposing guy, but yeah. I guess I you know like I'm not I don't buy him as like. Cracked as I buy oh, her. Oh, interesting! Like she's obviously—you look at her and you go, "Ooh, no, she's, she's crazy."
0: Um, interesting. I felt like I kind of bought both of them, okay. but yeah. But I also just—he's just an odd-looking guy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like—and it's more about the relationship that, between the two of them. They—they they look like husband and wife, and they call each other mommy and daddy, which is just kind of frightening. Yeah. Um, but it's—it's also, I think, too. In the beginning, I think what also kind of makes them terrifying is the way in which this this movie uses race in a way that's not incidental. And I think, you know, sort of for a lot of movies, it's sort of the, the character's ethnicity is just kind of happenstance or, you know, and, and so they don't really kind of remark on it. Um, but in this movie, it's remarked on a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Big Ed drops the N-word a lot in this movie. And so you get a sense of like, um, and, and you know, Leroy talks about like robbing these rich white people and, and whatever. And and later in the film, when um, Fool meets Alice for the first time, um, this young white girl, and she's shocked by him. He says, like, oh, have you never seen a brother before? Like, he's like, oh, you must be shocked because you've never met a black person. Like, right. that must be. And it's kind of a thing that kind of routinely comes up in this movie. And, and I think that, for me, what's kind of really scary about the two of them is not only the fact that they kind of look insane, but this, that they are the sort of the, uh, the landlords in this heavily minority area. And they're just, like, unrepentant racists. Like, when you know, fool shows up in his boy scout uniform and she sees him. She has this crazy, like sort of racist sneer on her face that you're like, don't go in the house. Don't go in the house, little boy. Like don't go in the house. And later when, um, Ving Rhames, uh, or Leroy and fool do break into the house and they realize they're there and they're, like, hunting them. Yeah, It's, like, a different deal than if right. they're just chasing, like, hunting uh, robbers. So, to me, I feel like that's where a lot of, I feel the terror of them is, like, they're, they're insane. Like, yes. they're insane. Not just in a, like, we keep kids in our house for fun, but, like, you know, they're, like, these insane racists, which you know, not often is your big bad in the movie, you know? That's true. Um, so, yeah, I think I uh, think sort of like Everett McGill is like an insane racist who also occasionally wears a gimp suit. Pretty terrifying. Yeah, Pretty terrifying.
1: Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Spencer, who play who is Ving Rhames' best friend. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, so uh, Fool goes to try to do the Boy Scout trick fails. So he's like, eh, don't send a kid to do a man's job. And Spencer who's like the scumbaggiest <laughs> sleazy looking guy in a second is suddenly, now he's like real, clean, real clean cut. Gas man, he was uh-huh. like, I check your meter, ma'am. Uh-huh. And, like, he even has like a card, like the like identification card. He's got it all set out. Yeah. Why did they just do that in the first place? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm like, did you guys forget the like unrepentant racist part of this whole equation? But I guess they
0: thought, like, well, he's a little kid; it'll be okay. Eh, no, it is not, okay. not uh, okay. But she totally lets him in.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. but
0: um, but it doesn't end well for Spencer. Well for um, so basically, Spencer goes in, doesn't come out, and uh, so Leroy and Fool go in after him. Um, and they're like, yeah, I bet he went in and just like took our money and all this kind of stuff, and. And you start seeing uh, basically the the layers upon layers of this house so they're funeral homeowners? Is yes. that right? Okay. So they first so broke into like the house, an ante
1: room. Yes,
0: where it's like where we do funeral home stuff. And then you kind of get into like their main part of their house and they have all these hallways and little like... And a huge dog. And a huge dog. And there's so much, there's so many sequences with this dog where it's like dog chasing them and they trap a dog in a room. The dog breaks out of the room and then they trap the dog over here. and that, I mean, there's just like a lot of nonsense with this dog. Um, and But you, you kind of see, recognize that the house has lots of different layers to it. And there's tons of like hidden passages, though you'll see like a hallway and then like, they'll sort of be like kind of a priest's hole looking thing. And then you step into it and there's like passages within the house and that there are as fool discovers people living in all these passages, almost all of whom are children or like children who have grown up are like teenagers now. Um, And there's a whole weird, creepy deal. And there's also um, a little girl who's like fool's age named Alice um, who uh, the man and woman are keeping in the main part of the house. As a daughter. As kind a of. daughter, yeah. But she is just terrified. Like, she just lives in mortal terror. And she's like, "Why does a ghost. And never goes out, never sees anyone, never talks to anyone. But kind of explains the
1: deal. Mm-hmm. That they have a very heavy see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil thing. Right. And so if, if any of the, they, they adopt children. Mm-hmm. Why? We don't really know. <laughs> uh, but they do. And then if they don't meet up to their standards, they will cut out the offending bit. The ears or the tongue or what.
0: So a lot of these kids look insane. One of them that we meet is this uh, kid named Roach, um, who's sort of this insane kid who just kind of seems to talk kind of strange. And we learn later that they have cut Roach's tongue out. It's because he said something. Yeah,
1: we get to see the tongue, and we do see the tongue. And
0: yeah, Fool's like what, and then he sticks out his like. Like out of his which was, tongue stomp. Tongue stomp. Um so uh so yeah, so basically like they're trying to find so basically a fool finds Spencer under the stairs, but he has some of the coins in his hand, right. and then he and Leroy are trying to escape. And again, it's like there's more sort of silly bits with the dog, which I yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah. this is this uh-huh. is
1: this is my problem with this film. There's Where like it's this totally like, all over the map. All over the map. Yeah. So they have this like Ving, we see Ving Rhames get attacked by the dog, and it's brutal. It's totally brutal. And then, like, he has this plan where he's going to hide behind the couch, and then totally. Fool's going to, like, but he's going to shoot the dog. And then it just turns into this, like, wacky, broad comedy bit where, mm-hmm. like, Fool, ha- they have electrified the door handles, and Fool mm-hmm. gets electrified, and but then decides to, like, do this thing where they can, like, electrify the dog, and so they're all, like, bouncing around. It's very... Yeah, broad comedy and it's very unusual and doesn't work Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. at all. It's Sort of like what we were talking about with House, right? Where it's like that
0: idea of like horror comedy but I don't think this movie is trying to be a horror comedy at all so I don't really know I think it is. Do you?
1: There's so much goofy stuff like they have the part where like the dog they like he has like a slide. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Like he slides underneath the house and comes out of the kitchen cabinet. But in it a all drawer. seems to hinge around the dog. I feel like everything with the dog is supposed to be
0: funny. And then once the dog's out of the equation, I, I feel like we kind of lose the goofy bits. Like we don't just for some reason the dog is supposed to be like comedy magic. Well, there's a,
1: well, we'll get to the end bit. But, yeah. Um, so they uh, they discover.
0: Yeah. So basically they they uh, they discover that. Um, Uh, that uh, Ving Rames and and Fool are in the the house. And there's another kind of great bit where Fool has done a lot of very clever things to elude the dog. um, And then when they race upstairs, Leroy hides in the closet and Fool tries to get in the closet too and he shoves him out. No room. No room, get out. And it's like, what? And so like Fool has to find his own place to hide. Um, But then in the end... uh, uh, and they've and they've killed the dog as well with the kind of
1: or hurt the dog with the electrocution thing. Um, but but then in the they have end... like security lockdown mm-hmm. where they like they put everything. They have this security system that like you know shutters going on over every door. It's like a purge kind of thing where totally. like you just like totally block the house off. Yeah. But it also turns all the lights off, yeah. which seems like it would make it real difficult to find. I know, but it's just like he really likes hunting. People. There's a lot of like flashlight. Yeah, camera stuff going yeah. on. Um, and then when he decides, when he
0: like sees who the who fool and Leroy are, he gets like more excited to hunt them, which has like that whole thing. Um, but basically, at the very end, like he like Bing is trapped at the end of the hallway, and he's about to be shot, and he yells, "Run, fool, run!" Um, which is where we get the title of this episode uh, and is brutally brutally shot to death um, by Everett McGill and then and they falls, down the, falls down the stairs
1: and they dance over his corpse yeah he has a little like we shot him and we got him dance and they go wee
0: um and that's that's no good and they heard him say run fool but he they thought they were talk. he thought Bing Rams was talking to him yes like he was the fool um and so they don't quite get it so basically fool is now trapped in the house um he has the coins on, from Spencer's body and he when he kind of meets Alice and meets Roach and sort of starts to understand the larger deal and then also meets the people under the stairs because okay, within the yes. house there are these people and again this is where the movie kind of gets a little odd for me um some of the people who are under the house, their faces are, like, deformed. Mm-hmm. Like, not like they were born deformed, but, like, they've become deformed from yeah. living under the
1: house. So we see Ever Miguel, who has hung Leroy up upside down, uh, gutted him like a deer. Which is it, so gross. That's, like, is, really okay. ultra-gory. And is eating part of him and then also throwing bits of him into the people, to the people under the stairs to who eat. Who are eating him. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is this is the problem with this. Is like, you have goofy comedy bit with dog, and then you have that, which is, like... Texas Chainsaw shit, like I fully looked away on that. Part. Did you? Mm-hmm. It's 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 fucked up. Yeah. And so wh- why what? why take away from that mm-hmm. with the comedy stuff? Mm-hmm. Like you could just make this. Like I mean, Wes Craven made Last House of the Left, so he can do straight. Well, mm-hmm. I guess that has like goofy comedy bits in it too. Mm-hmm. Got the stupid cops. Um, yeah, so maybe Wes mm-hmm. Craven can't do straight horror well, like straight on like Toby Hooper style. You I know? wonder
0: because I feel like this movie is forced to kind of. I think we're from the outset, it kind of looks like it's Fool's story, but I think really, it's really kind of the man and woman story. And I wonder if part of the tonal all over the place has a bit to do with kind of their mindset because they're crackers. Okay. And I think there's part of their lives where dealing with bodies and feeding and all this kind of gory stuff is part of it. And also there's part of it where there is a lot of goofy stuff kind of even between them. And and also, you know, like woman's relationship with Alice is crazy. That bathtub scene? It's ridiculous. It's traumatic. It's They've put her in this like
1: steaming hot like scalding bathtub and she's just screaming and yeah she hasn't done
0: something right and so there's this yeah she's run the scalding hot bath and it's basically a grown woman dragging a 13 year old girl into a bath shoving her into the hot water and then she's like that metal brush and starts washing her and scrubbing her with the metal brush and that actress is just screaming and screaming and screaming felt very last house on the left Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so I wonder if because all these things kind of exist in their world, it's really supposed to be a movie about the man and woman, and like maybe the tone is
1: kind of pulled from their characters rather than. From it's fools? a stretch. I, I don't know. I, I still think. I still think. Just lose the comedy. I, agree. It. I agree. I agree. And I, you know, I wonder if it's a thing where you know he's thinking about the audience watching it, and like maybe he thinks that that's more enjoyable for. I guess
0: people. Yeah, I maybe. Know.
1: But that's also when we're introduced. Um, in once uh,
0: the man realizes that a fool is there where we get introduced into the insane hunting outfit yep. that he wears, which is a gimp suit. So it's um, full on and head And Edward to McGill toe. is like six foot six or something. Yes. So he's enormous. So it's this head to
1: toe hunting gimp suit. With a mask. The whole zippered mount, the whole bit. Yeah. And it's... It. I mean it's, so he's just stomping around with this shot there's just so many just and him bellowing uh-huh. he bellows like nobody's business yeah no he does like every time he yells I'm like yeah uh-huh. go on
0: yeah Um. but it's really weird because you're right because like right after that is where you know he puts the dog in the house to go hunt Fool and then again Fool does like punches the dog in the face does all this kind of ridiculous clever stuff Um. and so the dog ends up kind of being pushed out through the kitchen and there is like wacky sound effects and you know all this kind of stuff so I, af- that after the gimp suit you're like what movie all right um and i also felt as this movie kind of went on that uh wendy robbie's mo- uh, uh, makeup kind of got harsher and harsher like it kind of got more yeah whatever happened to
1: baby j like yeah. kind of crazier and crazier so i feel like they're kind of going like i don't know real nuts and i like that there's the there's she tells him to let like, go upstairs and get in your suit
0: uh-huh yeah mm. the hunting suit. The suit um so basically uh fool uh um roach is killed kind of trying to help fool escape he has
1: such a good death his death is roach's so, death yeah like uh-huh. i really the actor like kills his death yeah yeah, yeah. no uh-huh, he does uh-huh, he does uh-huh. a good job and he, he kills his death <laughs> and, and
0: get, he also like writes alice's name because yeah. like he can't say it like
1: save alice like please help her and then i'm gonna be checked into a furnace and burned Correct. Poor Roach. Because that's how we. That's how this movie rolls. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And so, uh, Fool gets Alice all the way up to this attic, and he's like, "Great!" He found like the one window that they can, you know, possibly like skirt down and jump into a pond and make their escape. And like Big Ed's like right on their heels, and he jumps out and he's like, "Come on, Alice, come on!"
1: And she's like, "I can't." Like she's too scared of the outside world. She's. Can we talk about? Is that? was he come back? Okay, never mind. Go Go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. I was jumping forward. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. Um, So, yeah, I mean, later he does come back for her. Yes. Yes. Um,
0: But first, he jumps out. um, and Lands in the pond. Lands in the pond. Very, very convenient. Yes, of course, very convenient and also kind of gross. Um, And he has that funny line where he uh, uh, opens the window and he sees the city. Like, he sees, he's like, oh, I never thought smog would smell so good. Like, he's so happy to be free of the house. Um, But jumps in, makes his escape. Uh, tells everybody kind of what happened. Um, He has that sort of grandfather character that shows up and tells him that the man and woman are actually brother and sister. Yum. Not husband and wife, Which you're like, oh, movie, if you just had to make this couple... Any creepier. Yeah, but they still call each
1: other mommy and daddy.
0: But they still call each other mommy and daddy and sleep in the same bed, but whatever. Um, and have a gimp suit. And so, you know, I mean, do that, what you will. Yeah, totally. Um, so you're like, all right, that's just a million times creepier. So Fool decides to call the police and be like, they've got this kid, they've got all these kids, you gotta go. And again, I think this kind of plays into sort of the dynamic of race in this movie. The police show up, and because the man and woman look like this really nice white couple, and they serve them... You know, cookies and coffee, and they're just—you know—they've got their nice home, and you know all this kind of stuff, and and they're just—and they meet the daughter, and they see the daughter, they see uh, Alice's bedroom because Alice's kind of like tucked away, they've hidden her. And they're like, yeah, we lost her a couple years ago. And they're like, oh, that's that's awful. Okay, I'm really sorry about that. And then they leave. Mm-hmm. So, like, nothing comes of it. So, Fool's like, I called the police. But, like, nothing came of it. Because they're nice and white. Exactly. And yeah. so, like, that whole dynamic. So, Fool realizes he has to take care of business himself. And he has to go back in and get Alice. Um, so, he climbs up the chimney. He does. And here's the other part of this movie where I really felt like Everett McGill really killed it as the man. Do you remember this part where Alice is locked away in this sort of separate cellar area from where the people under the stairs are? and she's tied by her hands kind of up over her head and he comes in like to get her or to check on her because she's loosened her bonds but she's pretending to be really tied up and as he comes up to see her,
1: he starts rubbing himself. Well, first she says, please let me down. And right. that's when, like, the fa- her saying that is getting him off. Which is, uh, I mean... I like that it goes there,
0: though. It like, really goes there. Like, but that's where you're like, goofy dog bits, and yeah. then we're doing this, you know? Where he's
1: like, she's going to say, let you just rub your crotch a little bit. And, and you're she's like, 13. Yeah. You're just
0: like, movie?
1: And you're raising her as your daughter. But then that adds you know? this whole other level of like, oh, wow, oh, wow. Oh, wow, Okay, yeah. this has been happening no, with this girl exactly, as well. Exactly, yeah. So, These you know, it's a small so thing. Up. But, mm-hmm. but he, he doesn't get to finish, because Wendy Roby comes in and right. is screaming at him about something or another. Yeah, uh-huh. As she um, does
0: yeah and then so uh, so basically the uh, it's sort of sort of coincidentally as Fool comes back to rescue Alice again the people under the stairs I guess are so riled up by Fool's presence they start to revolt um, and they sort of decide to sort of start punching their way out. But there's this, there, there's this
1: uh, another comedy bit. This is the, the one I was going to mention earlier. Oh, okay. Okay, so they they're, Alice and Fool are climbing down the chimney, uh-huh. and uh, the man sticks his head up in oh, the I chimney. Totally uh-huh. And they drop a brick on his head, which is brutal. Which goes doing Yeah, but then makes a comedy sound effect. And then it's like they slide down, and it's like crazy weird sliding down, and then they are... They put their no their fingers in his nose, yeah. and then he's like kind of going cross eyed, and it's like this yeah. very Three Stooges yeah. thing. And then when they do kill him, there uh, Wendy Robby says "kaka," like yeah. that's her like, uh-huh. and I'm like, but okay yeah I don't understand here West Craven
0: no I don't either and also I will say that you know kind of after that when they do make their way back out the same window and this time Alice is like okay like I'm going like I'm you know I'm doing this um and the people under the stairs start punching their way kind of back into the house and you know they look really terrifying and they all sort of kind of gather very zombie-esque around right. Wendy Robbie I feel like you know, she kind of realizes like what's kind of like no no you can't and I'm in charge and they sort of basically tear her apart um I, I don't know, I feel like there's this kind of, you know, they have, they, they sort of do that bit and I feel like Everett McGill sees it and then they have their kind of sort of pseudo push-pull like right. when he kind of sees it. But it's not like, I don't know, I think there is kind of like it, it's all kind of come back around and like you're now like the 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 people who have been doing all the torturing are now going to be tortured themselves. And that's a kind of a really scary concept, and I feel like the movie doesn't go
1: as far as you think it's going to go with it. Right, because then they also have to like deal with the fact that there's like this big safe full of money in the mm-hmm. in the basement that mm-hmm. the people under the stairs they love fools, so they're going to show them the money. But mm-hmm. they also set up that the entire house is wired with dynamite, right? Which is very convenient. Uh-huh. Um, and then the entire neighborhood shows up, like his sister and grandpa shows up and then the entire neighborhood are like, what's she doing? She's whack. Like this very weird like commentary thing that I'm like not really sure. Like I understand he's saying like, you know, neighborhoods, communities, this is what will really save us. Uh But it feels a little ham-fisted.
0: Yeah, and it does. And again, like tonally, it's just very strange. Like Mm -hmm. you kind of feel like, oh, wouldn't it be great if the sort of like mostly minority-filled neighborhood showed up and banged up and they helped fool Get these people. I don't know. You know what I mean? But because tonally it's all over the place, it's just, you're kind of like, What movie mm-hmm. and so they have the sequence at the end where Fool literally has like the two pieces of you know like wire that he puts together to like blow up the basement. But, but, can, but can jump out of the way. Yeah but can jump out of the way as you can. Um, I also like how when he does uh, <laughs> Big Ed like blows through two rooms. Did you see that? Like he blows through one room and they cut two and he blows through another room and I'm like look at him go. Like he just he goes. He's a big guy. He's a big guy so but when they uh, and so Alice and Fool escape but when the house blows up all the money blows up into the sky so all the na- the neighborhood people that are out there they see all the money and coins raining down and they're like running around grabbing them and then the people under the stairs who are kind of weird mongoloid people are kind of walking around dazed like what? But look a little, little happy with humanity. Yeah, but it's just, I, but it's sort of those things where like you, how am I supposed to feel about this? Like how? Because they're sort of like they ate Ving
1: Rhames but now they're free but also, yeah, I don't know, you know. Well, the people under the stairs, uh, it's a great title for a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're never It's an fully, interesting idea. Fully explained really like we assume that the, 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 some of the children that, they had that they they put in here Mm -hmm. but just i know i don't Mm
0: -hmm. okay i think fool is a good idea for protagonist and and helping alice who like is so scared of her parents quote unquote but is also more scared of the outside world like there's a lot of interesting dynamics going on the idea of them as brother and sister, living in husband and wife, and being these like insane racists, and you know also slum lords and all that's Like, there's a lot of interesting elements in this movie, but, um, and I like awesome. how smart fil- you know fool is as a character.
1: Um, um, the smartest person is named Fool. Do you get it? <laughs> but um, hey.
0: but. Yeah, I think because the tone is all over the place, you're like, Meh? yeah, kind of, About... kind of,
1: kind of, a mess. Yeah. But uh, we do. Get, Wes Craven did write some some zingers for Ving Rames to say, <laughs> and I'm going to say these because they're delightful, and okay. the, the fact that they came from Wes Craven's pen make them so much more delightful. That's so funny, and I can't say them as good as Ving Rames. So imagine I'm Vin Rames. Thirteenth <laughs> uh, birthday is unlucky anyway. Too old to get tit, too young to get ass. Unbelievable. It's great, uh-huh. and then my personal favorite. Maybe the president going to make me the secretary of pussy. Unbelievable. That's great. Unbelievable. Wes Craven wrote that. <laughs> Doesn't that make you happy? <laughs> Bing Rames is like, I'm saying what now? <sighs> uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody says pussy as good as Bing Rames. That's all right, true. so gore factor. One, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two is a puddle of blood. Three is not enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bathtub of blood. Five is run for the barf bag. We gave people under the stairs a four. For gore.
0: Yeah, I think it's mostly because of the Ving Rhames being gutted, gutted and fed. And like, you see the... Ri- I mean, it's just... Yeah, stuff. It's, a, it's a bathtub of blood and then some. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, movie rating, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five, fantastagorical. You and I both gave this a three. Seen, seen worse, worse, seen, seen better. better. Yeah, I definitely think this qualifies. I, I, think it's, I think it might be interesting for people who are like kind of super West Craven heads to kind of dip into this... And see if this all-over tone stuff is for you, because you know I think sometimes when people take things that far, it can really work and be really fun. And I feel like everyone really goes for it in this yes. movie; like everyone's clearly having a good time. But
1: it's hard know. for me because you know Wes Craven uh, directed you know some of my favorite horror films: mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, and Last House of the Left, and mm-hmm. New Nightmare. And he has so many films that are transcendental almost, like yeah. so brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then he has films that just don't really work. Right. And I feel like this is one of them. You have stuff like Deadly Friend where you're like, what? Yeah.
0: Oh. But I will say his, I, the premises are always good. Yes. And that's what I do always love about Wes Craven, Wes Craven is even if the execution doesn't fully come off, the idea of this you know, otherwise very kind of pristine, it's almost very Stepford Wives looking kind of couple where like on paper they have it all together, but they're like slumlords and racist and they keep children under the stairs and all this, you know, stuff. It's like a good idea. And that that would go unnoticed in a neighborhood for so long makes a lot of sense. Like that's kind of a good premise. And then like this kid who comes in and upsets the balance and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it's a good idea, but just... Yeah, like in execution, it was a little
1: all over the place. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna do uh, next. We're gonna do kind of a round of anthology horrors, mm-hmm. since there's a lot of those out there, and mm-hmm. we love them. So uh, next week we will be talking about creep show. Creep Show. Everybody loves Creep Show. Yeah, there's yeah, there's there some good stories in Creep Show. Yeah, and you know, with Anthology Horror, you get more bang for your buck. So, this we'll, is true. You know, We like to mini movies inside of a bigger movie. Right, and if something's not working for you, it's going to be over in 10 minutes anyway. Exactly.
0: So, <laughs> moving on. All right, so we'll see you next week for Creep Show. Yeah, see you guys.